believe that there are spiritual beings in this room right now. I mentioned before that when we first bought this building, that uh, Don Levy and I, we came in here and we prayed uh, quite often in the sanctuary, but we also, I think, had additional meetings where people came and prayed, and we prayed for the Spirit of God to be in here and for the demonic forces to leave. Specifically, demonic forces related to division. Okay, division. And real stuff. Real stuff. And it, he, he's so correct when he says the Israelite mindset was that there is this spiritual world. There is this spiritual reality. And as I say up there, we live in a reality that is comprised of both physical and spiritual beings, those who submit to God and His authority, and those who have rebelled against Him. This is what the scriptures teach. Do you really believe it? I was with my friend, I uh, was a pastor of a large church, big church up in uh, Minnesota. You know, one of the things we talked about was this topic because he's getting a PhD in, uh, in the occult. He's getting it from a Christian institution, Southern Seminary. And uh, he's been spending a little bit of time, and he's a good, solid guy, so he knows exactly what he's having to deal with. But he's gone into, you know, uh, met with some of the wicked leaders. You know, wicked is a Satanism. It's, it's not, what is Satanism? It's wicked, really, is, is just dealing with the black arts. Earth, wind, fire, water, okay? I mean, uh, but it's all very real. He said something that I was thinking it was fascinating. He says that they will, that uh, witches attend political events simply to be there to pray. They're praying for an outcome. That's your prayer life. You haven't acted prayer life, according to what my friends said. But he said this, and this is the saddest thing to me. He's a pastor of a big church. He says, the typical Christian is a deist. They don't really believe in prayer. When we pray, we believe that God hears. And that God acts. We believe in the power of God. We believe in His sovereignty over this universe. You really believe in the physical and spiritual reality of what is our reality. Yes. We're going to be uh, taking a quick unpack of this, of what I'm going to call the spiritual order. Take out your scriptures and I encourage you to write some notes. Uh, we're going to uh, very briefly reflect on who, uh, who God is. Hopefully that's enough that's been said about God that you're familiar with, but uh, there's not a whole lot of new information, but we're going to start with just a simple text from the Hebrew Scriptures, Isaiah 45, found on page 425. So please open your Scriptures with me, Isaiah 45, page 425. I'd like everyone to please open their Scriptures. We are going to be looking at a lot of text quickly. So I will give you the page numbers. I want you to see it for yourself. Isaiah 45, page 425. Including you two in the front pew. Mr. Hanks, uh, you two. All three of you open up the text. Let's see it. Isaiah 45, page 425. We're going to be uh, starting right at the top. And this uh, first part is going to uh, kind of shock you. Isaiah here is talking about Korosh, Cyrus, King of Persia. At least a good hundred years before he was born, okay? Isaiah 45, verse 1, it says, Thus says Adonai to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have grasped, 
to subdue nations before him, to loose the belts of kings, to open doors before him, so that gates may not be shut. I will go before you, and make crooked paths straight. I will shatter bronze doors and cut through iron bars. I will give you treasures of darkness and hidden ridges of secret so you may know that I am on the mountain, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant, and Israel, my chosen one, I have also called you by name, and I have given you a title of honor, though you have not known me. I am Adonai. There is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not known me. That entire chapter is focused on the fact that God is God. The God of Israel is God. We talk about spiritual order. We need to understand that there is the created and the creator. God is the creator. All that exists comes from him. We are created by God. This whole reality created by God. God is the creator and sustainer of all that exists. All right? And so as we begin, we need to understand that. That's why this passage is amazing. Before Cyrus was born, God knew about him because he's a creator. He knows it all. And there are no other gods. There's no other creator being <coughs> God. Only him. No other. And just read the chapter if you want more backing on that. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 is a text. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 verses 4 through 6. Let's read this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, page 1093. We're going to read this together, 1093, verses 4 through 6. Together, therefore, therefore concerning, concerning the meaning of idol sacrifices, sacrifices, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, but there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or earth, but indeed there are many gods and lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, for whom all things and Jesus for him. And, and one Lord is true to the Messiah, and he exists through him. Well, that passage is in our liturgy, and we read it from time to time. And that passage is amazing, because what it basically says is that there is only one God, yet it speaks about there are many gods and many lords. You know, and this is what the little hint was, you know there are all kinds of passages that talk about the fact that there are many gods. But well, we just talked about the fact that there is only one God. Yet there are a number of passages where it talks about many gods. Turn with me to Psalm 82, which is what he mentioned. Psalm 82. Page 664. Psalm 82. Page 664. Here we have a psalm there's a couple of these types of songs. I'm just going to reference this one. Psalm 82, page 664. And this is what it says. A psalm of Asaph. Alright, so it's a, it's a psalm. Written by a guy named Asaph. God takes a stand in the assembly of God. He judges among the gods. I'm just going to stop there. It's fascinating, especially when you look at the Hebrew. The speaks of the Gottel, the assembly of God. And God is judging the gods. Well, what in the world is this? 
This is something that uh, is often not really mentioned, but throughout the biblical text, there is this reality in the spiritual realm of other gods. Now, who are they? You know, it, it, you know, it's got a whole lot of data. Let's let's turn to First Kings chapter twenty-two, though. First Kings to ch uh, chapter twenty-two. We don't know much about them specifically. First Kings chapter twenty-two, verses sixteen through twenty-three. This is page three hundred forty-nine. Page three hundred forty-nine. Here we get a glimpse, a little bit of a glimpse of what's going on in the council. First Kings chapter 22, beginning in verse 16. I'm sorry, yeah, verse 16, page 349. Here, I, this is, uh, you know, Ahab uh, is, uh, wants to go to war, and he's asking for the prophet, uh, for some, for prophets, you know, to tell them whether or not he should go out, which is all they sham. But then the king of Judah comes up, and uh, Jehoshaphat was a prophet of God, okay, the God of Israel. So uh, in uh, verse 16 it says, But the king said, How many times must I speak these words, speak to me nothing but the truth of the name of Adonai? Then he, and this is the prophet uh, uh, Micah, then he said, I saw all Israel scattered on the hills as a sheep without a shepherd. Then Adonai said, These have no master, let each of them return home in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he wouldn't prophesy greatly concerning me, only evil? Nikkei then continued, Therefore hear the word of Adonai. I saw Adonai sitting on his throne, with all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Then Adonai said, Who will entice Ahab to go up and fall on the remote building? One suggested this and another that, until a certain spirit, Ruach, came forward and stood before Adonai and said, I will entice him. So Adonai asked him, how? And he said, I will go and be a deceived spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. Then he said, that's God, you shall entice him, you shall prevail also, go and do so. Now therefore behold, Adonai has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and Adonai has decreed evil upon you. What a picture. Are there any places in the biblical text where we see, in essence, God on the throne and, and stuff going on? Yeah, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. You should all be very familiar with this portion, too, because it's in, the, in our liturgy. Isaiah chapter 6, page 387. Isaiah chapter 6, page 387. <laughs> This text is written uh, um, really as an encouragement to the people, because the people are under a lot of duress, a lot of stress with uh, invasion and uh, opposition. Chapter 6 of Isaiah, page 387, verse 1. In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw Adonai sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tzimah, the whole earth is full of his glory. Then the posts of the door trembled at the voice of those who called, and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Oye to me, for I am ruined. 
For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I am dwelling among a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King of the Knights of old. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a glowing coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongues from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. What a picture. Speaks of a physicality, but a spiritual physicality. Now, most people look at this and they assume the whole thing is, is not to be taken literally. Except for the scene pops up again and again and again. I want to go to one more text Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, page 730. Job chapter 1. Page 730. Here we see again a scene. Beginning in verse 6, 730, Job chapter 1, it says, One day the sons of God, Bnei Elohim, Bnei Elohim, came to present themselves before Adonai, and Asatan, the Satan, also came with them. Adonai said to the Satan, Where do you come from? The Satan responded to Adonai and said, From Roman Europe and from walking on it. So what's going to do with you? I've just been wandering around. That's literally what he's saying. Adonai said to the Satan, Did you notice my servant Job? There's no one like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and spurns evil. Then the Satan responded to Adonai, saying, Does Job fear God for nothing? What a positive nice fellow. Can you not made a hedge around him, his household, and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything that he has, and he will certainly curse you to your face. Then Adonai said to the same, Everything he has is in your hand, and you do not extend your hand against him. So the Satan departed from the presence of Adonai. Now, we're gonna, there's a lot we're going to talk about over the coming weeks, but here we have a very interesting section. You have again, in essence, a throne room. You have a council. And Satan, then, or the adversary of Satan, comes in to report. And in the process, God basically, because of his accusation, gives him freedom to, uh, to, do, to get involved in a negative way in the life of somebody who's a follower of God. You guys are going to the book of Job in the, in the sister of the study. So you've been going through this. What I'm pointing out simply today is that this is not just some mythological picture. This is not just some uh, allegorical thing that's written. This is real. This is real. We're going to see it over and over again. Just one I'll mention. Peter, Satan has requested to thresh you like wheat. You think that's just a flippant statement, or is it really true that Satan has said, listen, Satan, Peter's done something wrong. I know he's going to do something wrong. If he does things that I know are inconsistent with your expectations, God, I get a piece of it. We have to really let the scriptures teach us. And one thing we need to understand at this time is what the, teach, the scriptures teach about what is this spiritual reality. We're going to talk about Satan just a little bit. Who is Satan? 
In Jewish tradition, I saw some different videos and we read some different videos. In Jewish tradition, he is the adversary. I mean, that's that's who he is. But this statement here, I think, is is really a good starting point for who Satan is. He is a being, a spirit being, who opposes God and seeks to frustrate his plans. All right? And he leads his people, God's people, into rebellion. If he can do it, he tries to mess up God's plans. This is the simplest, basic, most easy-to-understand definition of who is Satan. He is referred to in the text as devil Lucifer. This is not exhaustive, okay? Devil Lucifer, serpent, angel of light, roaring lion. We'll talk about it over the next coming weeks. But Satan means the adversary. I, the devil is a Greek word translated basically the adversary. All right? We need to understand that the way he's presented within the text, he is against us. He is opposed to God. And if we're desiring to live our lives for God, if we are following God, he therefore is opposed to us. Last week we talked about the fact that he is opposed to Israel. He hates the Jewish people. Why is anti-Semitism all here? Did you hear? Over in uh, Oak Park, some high school kid was uh, airdropping uh, uh, swastikas in school. Why? Why is there anti-Semitism? You know the most anti-Semitic nation in the whole world, I think, is Japan? It's never had any sizable Jewish community. Why? They're also deeply Shinto and pagan in their, in their religious orientation. Every Jew they ever meet, they probably like. But Satan predisposes them to hate Jews because they don't know it. It's satanic. Satan is opposed to God and his plans. He is the adversary. Do you understand him like that? Or is he just some pointy-tailed dude that comes out at Halloween or in comics? It's definitely not that. Definitely. He's an angel of light. He's a cherub. No, he is... He is a, a, a high was a high official in God's council because there is some separation some, some hierarchy which I'm not going to go into here and he rebelled thank you Lord I'm going to stay with that slide for a moment I want you to look at some text turn with me to Isaiah chapter 14 Isaiah chapter 14 we're going back to that Isaiah 14 Verses 12 through 15. We have two passages. I don't know if I'm going to go. Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. In these passages, the author is writing against two different earthly kings. One is the king of Tyre, which is uh, Ezekiel 28. The other is the king of Babylon. In both, in both instances, you see a comparison. He's making a comparison between these two kings who are going to be judged because of their arrogancy. A comparison with Satan. That's exactly what's going on here in this passage. So on your own, read it. Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. Ezekiel 28, 11 through 19. So take a look at Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. Page 395. Page 395. All right. It says in verse 12, How you have fallen from heaven, O day star, son of the dawn. How you are cut down to the earth. You who made the nations prosper, you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of meeting in the uttermost parts of the north. I will ascend above the high places of the clouds. I will make myself like the alone. 
they will be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest parts of the pit. So here we have in this text, just very quickly, a short description of where Satan came from, which was a cherub in the council of God, and because of arrogance and pride, got tossed. He has become an opponent of God. Now, one thing we, we will talk about again as we go on, we do realize that people, God created us with free will. We can either choose to follow God or not follow God. Adam and Eve were not perfect in the garden. I don't know what they did. When we did perfection, we did die. God gave them freedom of will and choice. All right? There was no sin. They did not know sin because they always willingly followed God's decisions. They had free choice. You know the angelic beings, the spirit beings, they're also people of free will. Free will. And sometimes Satan chose to oppose God. He got arrogant. He got arrogant and therefore rebelled. I want to read one thing Yeshua says about him in the, uh, the book of John, chapter 8. <clears throat> this is a summational statement, frankly. I don't like talking about Satan too much because I don't think he deserves the press. I say all these things to warn you, which we'll talk about next week. John chapter 8, verse 44, page 1018. You guys got it? Page 1018. Page 1018, John 8, verse 44. Here Yeshua Messiah is speaking. He's talking to our people. He's talking to Jewish people who are opposing him. Read the whole chapter if you want. But he says here, in verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks lies, he is just being himself, for he is a liar and the father of lies. This is who Satan is. Murderer. Now, uh, one way of understanding that is because of his influence and his opposition to God, he leads to the, to the death of people. You know, did God intend for us to die as human beings? It doesn't seem to be the case, but because sin came into the world, death came into the world, Romans talks about that, therefore he's the father of death, because he messed it all up in the garden. He deceived, in the form of lying, Adam and Eve. He is the father of lies, and he is a murderer. That's what our Messiah Yeshua says about him. Now, everything I said, though, doesn't make any difference. Well, it doesn't matter at all. Here, I don't believe in anything. You know, people always come up to me. I've done that, everybody. And some people come up and say, you, when I go to hell, and I go, do you believe in hell? No, that's what you care. <laughs> uh, if you really don't believe in a spiritual world, it's your business, then certainly you don't care about anything you say. But if you say, yeah, I believe in it, then I hope you're going to be paying attention for the next couple of weeks. So the whole point of what we're talking about is the fact that this is real. And I believe we as a community, we have been impacted by it in the last couple of years. Just like when we bought the joint, and we ex exercised the demonic and, and uh, spiritual beings that were here, some of them crept back in. You know how some of them come in? With some of you. And even me. We're going to talk about that. As we go along. It's a great text. You don't even have to look this one up. It's on there, right? James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
We're going to unpack that next week. If we allow sin in our hearts, God will not hear our prayer. If you allow sinfulness to be in your life, you attract a Satan in his in minions. You can't understand it. That's what the text talks about. We'll talk about it next week. Alright? I want to encourage you to keep in mind the following. Do you accept that we live in a reality that is comprised of both physical and spiritual beings? Was it Saturday, Sunday night? Wait, no. Tuesday happens too often. This, this killing took place in, in Thousand Oaks. This veteran, that military veteran, you know, went and killed 12 people. How did that happen? They said he was mentally ill. You know, don't you think that there's just a little bit too much of that goes on? Don't you think there's just maybe satanic influence? Demonic influence? Think about it. The Spirit of God brings love and health and wholeness. What does Satan do? He destroys. He's a murderer. He's a liar. We live in a world today where people don't believe in the supernatural unless it's like Halloween, the movie. <laughs> Hopefully in your life, you stay far away from anything to do with what is ungodly. You're submitted to God. You know the difference between what God wants and what everybody else wants. And you submit to God and follow Him. In doing that, you resist the devil. You resist all the supernatural forces of evil. You resist them. They flee from you. They don't want anything to do with you. That's what I encourage you to consider. That's what I encourage you to consider. But if you don't accept that this reality exists, you're setting yourself up for trouble. And the last statement here, do you understand that in spiritual warfare there can be no neutrality? Neutrality basically means yeah, I believe in God, but I don't think I want it seriously. I mean, I, I mean, not to get anybody particularly mad at me, but Halloween is, is an act of neutrality. What are they going to do with it? You know, watching war films, it's an act of neutrality. It's not God-honoring about seeing some psychopath chop people up into little pieces. How's that God-honoring? We have to think differently. The world in which we live is getting more and more messed up. And you know what? It's a It's a spiritual war going on. Are you on God's side? Because if you're not on God's side, you're actually as good as God. You're actually on the Lord's side. Keep that in mind. Questions, talk to me afterwards. Let's close with a word of prayer as we conclude with a couple of songs. Very fitting. God, we thank you for the fact that you are God, that there is no one. You've created all things. You've given all your creation the freedom to choose. God, we recognize that not all your creation chooses to follow you. We ourselves do. This morning, God, I know I want to follow you with all my heart, mind, and soul. I don't want to turn to the right or the left. I want to stay on the God, help us all to have that commitment for you. Help us all to be committed to you above and beyond all. That we might indeed resist the devil so that he flees from us. And God, I pray that this morning, that in this community, in this facility, in this work, that you are honored. That all who oppose you are gone, banished. Not to interfere. Not to influence. Thank you for your kinship over our lives and over this place. 
planet this morning in Yeshua's name.